0: Life Audio Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant podcast. I am Ted Kluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Boys, we have lots to discuss today. We've got a, uh, a very special episode dialed up, a listener-submitted topics episode. Uh, always fun, always a good time preparing for a live show, boys. By the time this episode drops, we'll have that, that live show uh, in the can and recorded. Uh, but, Pipe, I want you to tell us about a partner, a very special partner, kind of a life partner uh, for this show, and it's visual theology. What do they do, Pipe?
1: Yeah, I'd say we have a real sort of symbiotic relationship with them because without the work of Josh, the co-founder and the guy who runs Visual Theology, like we wouldn't even have a website currently. So we depend on them. They're counting on us. It's it's a real it's a real healthy relationship. Codependence is always good. Um Visual Theology, listeners, is a they're really a resource company for people who are interested in studying the Bible and studying theology in a kind of a refreshed way where it's not just dense words on a page, but helping bring to life those things in Scripture that it can be hard to picture, whether it's numeric things or how the Bible connects with itself and references other parts of Scripture. Just basically putting visual aids for big concepts into play, along with some clear written teaching. If you go to visualtheology.church, you can see the books that they have. And then they also have... um, Things like posters, things like t-shirts, stuff that essentially <clears throat> gives visual representation to any lessons or theological topics or Bible passages that you are trying to teach or trying to study. So it's great for homeschoolers, great for Sunday school teachers, great for youth pastors, um, Christian school teachers, or just you and your personal use. So again, go to visualtheology.church. And then for our listeners, if you use the code HAPPYRANT at checkout, you will get a 20% discount. Off of your entire purchase, so that can be off of a single book or something that you're buying for a whole youth ministry or something like that as well. Uh, it's really it is it is it's kind of standalone stuff. I haven't seen a lot else out there that's like it. It's pretty exceptional. Go check it out, VisualTheology and then use the code HappyRent to get that twenty percent discount.
0: Beautiful, Ron. We still got pipe doing promo reads, don't we? We, we, we kind of teased I mean, so, that that was going to go away, but it's still we here. did. But I think
2: uh, <clears throat> you know, I think some things need to continue when they create such a
0: a buzz. bastion of beauty. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Um, Piper, sure. you mentioned something I feel
1: like maybe we should take a break and go into a promo spot just so that we can lead off the podcast with like compare and three contrast of promo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> exactly,
0: true. exactly. Piper, you mentioned something in your promo that uh, that I want to do a second on um, websites. Like, you mentioned that we have a website for the show because of our relationship with Josh in visual theology. Shout out, Josh. But I wondered in the the social currency of 2022, like, where do you put having a website? Like, I haven't had an author website in, like, five years, maybe, because, like, five years ago, I became an old man. I went through, like, second puberty, and I stopped caring about a lot of things, and I got rid of that. But, like, do you guys have websites? And do people care? Are people impressed with, like people having websites. Um, How how does that play in a modern context? I I think having a website is a little bit like having a college
1: degree in that (laughs) it doesn't Everybody has them,
0: but it doesn't do anything.
1: It doesn't matter. It's not impressive. People without them can Mm do just as good or better things than people with them. But it's Mm -hmm. a credential that kind of puts you in a certain sphere where it's like, all right, check that box. There's some legitimate, Mm -hmm. there's, there's, it kind of legitimizes you. So it doesn't matter at all mm-hmm. but it matters.
0: Yeah, that- no, that's a good way. That's a good way to say it. So I I uh, do
1: have one um and I I don't do that much on it. It's it has like a blog feature built in that I write on, you know, three times a year. And it's yeah. it's mostly just where people can find books, podcast, articles. It's just sort of an archive slash oh this is a legitimate person we can google him there's a contact form if we want to invite him to speak that kind of stuff yeah baby do you have a website
2: no i i never have had like a personal website um only because i can't seem to find anybody to uh to build me one so shout Mm -hmm. out anybody out there that wants (laughs) to uh help me out i'm serious anybody that wants to help me out dude all right we're doing business here there's some there's some cash available um but i just literally nobody's nobody's ever stepped into the picture for it but um it's so funny man because like when i'm when i'm when i'm looking at like artists when i'm when i like find an artist or a band i Mm -hmm. like it's incredible like at how many of them only exist now on you know social media or band camp I mean, like it's it's rare that it has to almost be like an older artist that had one 15 years ago, and they yeah. still have their website, kind of a thing. But um, yeah, it's just it's not the first place everybody goes anymore, like at all. Yeah, I really don't like pipe. It. But like pipe says, it it is kind of a where do I go to find where do I go that I can get like comprehensive info on one person or one artist and know everything that they've done, all their releases that's yeah. what that's really what it's good yeah. for it's almost like it's almost like being able to like post like a big uh you know like a mural of all of your work and it's like there yeah, it is yeah you know when
1: if, and if you need to share more than like two kinds of things so like if you're a touring artist and you have merchandise and you have yeah totally you know uh you know music to stream like a website is the place where you can put all that information <clears throat> if you just have instagram yeah. you can you can link to very you know minimal things or if you just have Bandcamp it's streaming music So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is kind of old school and it's kind of like, it feels a little bit like you shrug and you're like, I guess I need one of these. Not, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you don't sort of brag about it. You're like, well, on my website, I say it's. it's (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I love it. I feel like on my website, I say it was like a, like a 2004 thing as was this next thing I want to talk about boys. Uh, you two are men of the cloth. You're both pastors. I'm a non-pastor. If you're new to the show. Um, that's the dynamic of the group. But I have a question for you. Where have youth pastors gone? I feel like, similar to websites, youth pastors youth pastors and occupation kind of had its apex mountain in like 2004, and it's kind of been on the decline ever since. Uh, where have they gone? Like in, in my church kind of tradition or tribe, there's no youth pastor. There hasn't been a youth pastor for a long time. Some guy just does it. But like every 2 weeks my kid goes to youth group and like a lot of kids go and I'm not even entirely sure what it looks like. Like I think they have some fun, but it's basically just a guy giving another sermon. Uh what happened to youth pastors? Uh Where have all the cowboys gone? Dude, there Paula Cole, I have that record. <laughs> I love that song in the 90s. Okay, what I think your- I have I what think was I have a an relationship with that song. I want to do. Uh, no relationship that. with that song. Um, <clears throat> of course not. Don't even know it exists.
2: Yeah, I know. I know it exists. I was the one that just said it. But um, I think I have an answer for you, Big T. No. Um, I think there's two things, and it's so weird because I've had this convo, you know, recently with some people. Yeah. But um, so I'm sure Pipe has more to add to this. I would say there's two things, um, and I think it's a little bit of a tribal thing. Um, mm-hmm. So with church plants. The focus has shifted because church planting has been, you know, kind of a big thing over the last couple of decades. Mm -hmm. And for church planting, which is like kind of getting that Sunday launch thing just happening, right? Like we're just stressed out. We got to get Sunday. We got to build people. Mm -hmm. We got to have a church, you know, all that good stuff. Like you're really your big thing is not to get a youth pastor anymore out of the gate, but to get a worship leader. So I think it's shifted from in -hmm. the old days, you would go your first if you were just a solo pastor, your first order of business was finding a youth pastor, even yeah. if there was only like 3.5.1 kids you know, that you had to youth sure. pastor. Sure. Now it's like, no, the emphasis more is like Sunday, Sunday gathering. We need to have a worship leader, right? Yeah. So I think that's it. And then I think Dude, the so, other... Th- oh, sorry. No, go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. Well, there's, other thi- there's the other thing to it is that in our tribe specifically, and it's a generational thing... You know, youth groups, youth groups, I'm not yeah. talking about youth ministry. There's probably a separation between those things. But youth groups have taken kind of a hit in terms of being something that, depending on how they're built and how they're run, they're, they haven't proven to be a, a great thing for a, a lot of our youth, right? Yeah. And so um, I, I think there's been a pushback against mm-hmm. youth groups. So it's kind of a thing where it's, hey, we want to provide something for our kids. But we want to do it differently than how they did it in the sixties, seventies and Mm eighties and nineties. And, um, so it it really isn't going to be a big emphasis. And, you know, if we can just get it like a volunteer to run it, to lead it, then we're going to be, we're going to be all right with that. So I think those are at least two things that I've seen that have been kind of the reason why like the youth pastor model, with the exception of like different traditions, different tribes and bigger churches, That'll yeah. have you know massive youth groups and all that stuff. But I mean, specifically for what like we're all involved with and what we do, it is a it's becoming a little bit of an anomaly in some ways.
0: Yeah. So I I have a theory on that. And pipe, I want to hear you on this. My theory is young adults are actually the new youth, mm. and church planners are the new youth pastors. So oh, wow. like in in the way that you were looking for like a cool sort of hipster youth pastor to like guide your youth like kind of people in that 20 to 33 age bracket kind of act like youth still. So the church planner has sort of stepped into the role of youth pastor and we've just kind of kicked the can down the road by like a decade. Um, any veracity to that? theory? I I think that's an intriguing theory, especially
1: because, uh, like teen, So like when I was a teenager, teenagers
0: <clears throat>
1: teenagers were still willing to do a lot of silly things. Like when I mm-hmm. think back on what we did as a youth group in terms of the fun stuff we did, A, mm-hmm. parents weren't writing notes complaining to the youth pastor about, you know, the safety of this and whatever <laughs> That's else. That's true. We just did yeah, insane yeah. stuff all the time. And second, like we yeah. were willing to be embarrassed in front of people or be gross or – and nobody does any of that anymore. Like, it's it's not a... You can't you can't bring somebody up in front of a group of 100 teenagers and embarrass them for fun anymore. You know, you're uh, going to get fired. You can't embarrass gonna, anybody. You're going to go to jail. Yeah. You can't do gross things. You can't play any contact sports. You know, nope. that... And yes, I sound like a grumpy old man, but also it's true. Yeah. So, teenagers have
0: made the
2: shift. And I'm kind of glad because of that too, Pipe, so... well, <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, it, like,
0: 16-year-olds today are like... I want to tell you about the 94 chapters of my like Tolkienian ripoff novel that I've been. Well, reading, no, but I love how pipes
2: like they don't do gross things anymore. That's such a bummer. I'm like, uh, I I don't know. I, I know,
1: didn't say know. it was a bummer. <laughs> I just said like it's it is a lot easier to program a ministry when you can be like, <clears throat> let's all throw paint water balloons at each other for an hour rather than yeah. what do we do with a hundred disaffected teenagers who would rather stare at their phones than interact with people? Or yeah, that's true. Like who- the
0: parameters have really changed
1: or who are hyper aware of their own mental health on a more serious mm. note then you know mm. at, at, and so they're like that would be traumatizing to stand up front and be embarrassed which is that's that's probably true um <clears throat> so the i do think that the church planter as youth pastor thing has some veracity not because church plants are juvenile but because teenagers now are a lot closer in their kind of social interactions and mental state with like 24 year olds than they are with 12 mm-hmm. year olds, which wasn't the case back mm. in the day. I think, yeah. I think the other thing that has killed youth ministry for better or worse, I have mixed feelings about that. I think there's two things on the very conservative end of things. It was the move towards multi-generational ministry, you know, family ministry mm. churches have family sure. pastors now, not youth pastors. And so yeah, that's right. Nobody knows what to do with the teenagers, so there was kind of a move towards that. The other thing that killed it was youth pastors got absolutely dragged for like fifteen years. You that know, like true. like when social media took off, the first kind of <laughs> Christian memes that were hits were making fun uh-huh. of youth pastors. That the oh, youth pastors constantly talking yeah. about his super hot wife and and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, that frosted tips and and whatever else. Yeah that was the first guy who got made fun of. So at some point it stops being a thing that people desire doing. They're like, I don't want to be the butt of all these jokes. Um, Right. Right. And so you kind of moved to, you you know, teenagers changed. youth pastors got dragged, multi-generational ministries took over. And I think what we have now by and large, there are still churches that do it well, but there's not sort of a programmatic like thing is we just have a hole in our churches of how to help, you know, 12 to 18 year olds feel connected have meaningful yeah. relationships be part of the church and youth group did provide right. that the problem was usually it was a little bit separate from the church it was like its own little pod and then they left it and were like "Ah, the rest of the church is boring
0: is there any like can you even buy a book about youth ministry anymore could you like go into a Lifeway and buy like a new, a new book about no, it you, you can't go into a life
1: and buy anything anymore so um that's true that's, you know you can't re- go anywhere and life stores it, yeah. There, there are people who. So I would say that there's, I would. It's not like a shift in industry because it's still pretty small. But there's a guy named Mike McGarry yeah. who we actually, I think we actually promoted one of his books several months ago. Who's starting to do mm. more kind of thoughtful youth ministry stuff, some more youth discipleship, youth, uh, mm-hmm. kind of the the theologian youth pastor. So what he's trying to do is yeah. take like the Southern Seminary guys who go into youth ministry and be like don't, don't be the seminarian nerd who can't connect with students. Yeah. Who's like, let's study Calvin's institutes and turning these kids into little, <laughs> yeah. little theological tyrants, but also mm-hmm. don't be the frosted tips goofball who's talking about a super hot wife. Like maybe there's a third way to do this. Well, yeah. So yeah. McGarry, and I think it's, I think he has sort of a, a group and podcast and things starting called the youth pastor theologian. So that, yeah. uh, that's a good one. That's, <clears throat> there's good stuff yeah. out there. Mostly though, I don't see a ton other than it, it's all it's all issue based. The stuff that I'm aware of yeah. on high schoolers where it's like gender dysphoria or kids and phones uh-huh. and technology and stuff like that, not just <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah. like youth ministry seems to be an a whole industry that has died.
0: Yeah, it's weird that I'm getting nostalgic for those books that I never read, but I that knew I, they yeah. existed.
1: I mean, I took a youth ministry class in college as just one of my electives, mm-hmm. and I thought it was so dumb. But at the same yeah. time, I look back and I'm like, you know, I, it was dumb. What did that look like? Did you, but, it, but it was better than you, not doing anything.
0: Yeah. Did you get like a month and a half on Ultimate Frisbee or like, what, what did that <laughs> even
1: look like? I don't remember. I mean, it was sort of, it was kind of a four views on youth ministry thing. So, yeah. And yeah. then you end up writing a paper on like your philosophy of youth ministry. And, you know, right. I went to Wheaton and there was just Young Life stuff everywhere. I will say the other thing is in like, mm-hmm in in the suburban south yeah megachurch youth ministries are thriving and yeah. things like young life and fca are
0: thriving so there is young life is basically like pre uh greek life for christians you know what i mean if like you're you're a certain <laughs> kind of like super cool suburban kid yeah, it's, it's, kind it's of- like pre lambda chi you yeah, know christian um, friends,
1: sorority life for sure um, right, and, right. and i think they that's still kind of, kind of get away with with some of the same youth ministry shenanigans we did back in the day again for better and worse mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if that's a good thing or not but that yeah th- yeah so like suburban nashville still has churches with huge youth groups still does yeah. like huge events puts tens of thousands of dollars yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars into their youth ministry and then like our church has like youth small groups where they're genuine friends with one another and they don't do anything Mm -hmm. gimmicky. There's not a single gimmick about it, but they they've done a good job with more of the,
0: the relational discipleship side. Yeah. Very cool. Boys, let's take a break. I want to come back with with another question.
1: Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free.
0: ministry-related question from a listener. And Big R, I want to float this one by you first. Pastors. Bad at communication? Um, This guy thought, like, I send a text, I send an email. It's like a week and a half before I hear anything from my my pastor. Um, Where are you at on that, baby? Is that something that you see? Um, Is it something that you don't see? Is it just this guy's issue? Where are we at on it? I mean, yeah,
2: I think for sure you see it. I think it depends. I don't think it's across the board. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's like anything else. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's something you can relegate to just pastors and pastoral ministry, but I think, um, maybe a little, I don't know. Uh, You know, guys are either good at, you know, connecting in all Mm -hmm. of the ways that we have to connect these days. Mm -hmm. Um, or, or they're not, you know, like, it, it's funny to me that, like, also, you know, I I have a whole group of people that I send texts to that I I'm I have a lot of confidence and are going to get back to me in a timely way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you have other people that you text and you're like, man, if I hear back from them by like this time tomorrow, that'll be that'll be awesome, that'll be success. <laughs> Yeah. And you just kind of go like I know you're getting these things. I don't know how your world works. I don't know what your phone settings are. Like I don't know. I don't know how often you check your email. Like I, you know yeah. like all all that kind of stuff. So it's like so for pastors in general, I yeah, I would say it just it depends. I have guys that I don't I feel like I don't even click send and they're already writing me back, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then um and then other guys where it's just like man, it's been not like I, it's been 9 hours and I think I already found the answer to my question you know, because yeah. I had something to ask you kind of a thing, but, um, right. you know, and then there is kind of a thing now too, with dudes where, um, it's a lot of pastors now, are like they're becoming super disciplined with, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. with, with phones and media. So like you I'm going dark
0: from eight to five or whatever, 100%. Yeah.
2: So it's like, dude, so sometimes and you know, they I know, love I know to I know tell
1: you about it too. Let's not forget that. Absolutely. Part. Part. It's like a, uh, yeah. it's
2: like, it's like the CrossFit of like media, right? It's That's like true. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, hey, man, if you ever try to get a hold of me from, say, I don't know, eight a.m. through six p.m., you know, mm-hmm. my phone goes dark between those hours, and you're like, okay, so you have that's this business window. hours. Yeah, you, that's you have this you window be. between eleven forty five p.m. and midnight where I can get in touch with you. Sweet you yeah. know what i mean like that like <laughs> let me just say our relationship is really going to progress if that's really the case right you know? after
0: i'm done watching all my shows that i'm going to tweet about tomorrow like you you can catch me for 15 minutes before well I'm...
2: dude and it can be frustrating right because at yeah. some point you're like i'll look at big m and i'll like i'll be like so i guess me and this dude aren't really going to be great friends <laughs> yeah because because yeah. it's so narrow so between <clears throat> 2:30 a.m and 2:35, that's my window and you're like yeah okay dude, d-
0: it I wanna I wanna lean in on that for a second because you mentioned something that's really interesting to me. And then and then Pipe, I wanna I wanna hear you on the, the broader question. Um do you feel like you have to be great friends with everybody? I think there's a new newish pressure where like so you'll meet a dude and the dude wants to like start doing best friend stuff immediately. And I'm like, I don't know, just functionally, we live nine states away. We're not probably going to be best friends, you know, uh, and it's fine. Like there used to be a category for sort of second and third tiers that was fine for people. But I, I feel like everybody wants best friend now. Um, and maybe there's not a lot to say about that. Do you do you have any response to that, baby? Oh, man.
2: I Well, I'm just so old now like that doesn't happen because everybody's. Most of my friends are about 10 years younger. They all got five and a half kids. There's no time. So they, I mean, if, if, if we text once a week, you know, I mean, this is a whole, man, this is getting you to a whole other can of worms, right? So if if I'm somebody that like connects with them on a text once a month, like I might be one of their best friends, right? Because that's how bad the whole friendship thing has gotten for some people, (laughs) much less dudes that are like, much less dudes that are coming in way too hot. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I guess I'm seeing way too hot a lot. you um, got to be
2: localized to be too hot, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you, yeah.
0: you not going to be come too hot in.
2: if you're in Montana.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, just functionally, it can't happen. Piper, speak to the church communication thing. And here's, here's an aspect. Here's something I want to bring back. The church secretary. Okay. I, want to, I want there to be a church secretary who's sort of gatekeeping for the pastor. I think uh, as is, as a church a really without a church model. secretary, I could not agree with yeah. you more. Well, there you go. Like I, I don't think, and this is an old schooly take. I don't think everybody in the church should be able to text the pastor and expect an immediate response. Like that—that that is a a function of the here and now that I think is a smidge unrealistic. And I, I actually see it in my own industry as well. Like there's a sense of you should be available 24 seven to every student, every parent, every, everybody. And like, we have a secretary in my department and I think it would be kind of cool if people were sort of going through her a little bit more. Um, what do you, what do you think about any of that? <clears throat> I think, yeah, I think
1: that's absolutely true. I think there's, we, we've lost a layer of sort of like filtering out communication in an appropriate manner. So like somebody walks into the church for the first time, you know, they, they, they visit Emmanuel, they come down, they meet me. There is a, there's a lack of like, how do we appropriately connect with this person without me saying, text me, let's get coffee, which is the thing I'm happy to do with just about anybody from our church, but it becomes unreasonable at a certain number per week, you know? if all Dude, and, and and with people who i'm like you might not stick around for more than three minutes like i don't i don't know if coffee's the yeah. right thing with you or if it's a, simply a matter of you need to just email somebody get a couple questions answered or whatever
0: right so there's and conversely if you said call my secretary we'll set up coffee you would sound like an a-hole yeah you absolutely. know <laughs> like I mean, uh, nobody says that anymore. right
1: exactly <clears throat> so what a lot, what what pastors of a certain size church have which is great is the executive assistant who answers in their name so all emails run through the executive yeah. assistant most people don't know yeah. that they're not hearing from the pastor um mm-hmm. and then the stuff that gets filtered up to the pastor is like actual pastoral questions so not like hey when's the new members class but rather hey my life is falling apart can we talk okay that's a question for yeah. the pastor not not the basic information I think, I think Ronnie's yeah. point about the friend thing is so, so spot on. I heard, I think it was Brian Loritz, who's a pastor. He just commented, he said, more than once I've been introduced speaking somewhere by somebody who's like, this is my great friend, Brian. He goes, we talk once a year. He said, I, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, I don't know if this is lying or, or like yeah. they just have a skewed version of friendship. And, and that really struck me. Cause I remember I heard it, I, Mark Driscoll used to do it all the time, just to, as long as we're throwing stones. And he'd be like, my good friend Mm -hmm. so-and-so says this. And I would know both those guys and be like, I'm 100% sure they're not good friends. They
0: just... That was abusive when Drisky did it. (laughs) It was hurtful.
1: Well, they just both both published with the same publisher and had been at the same hotel at one point or something.
0: Um, Guys we know what that feels like though That fraternity of Harvest House authors Yeah I mean I could name, that runs I could deep. name
1: Three of them because we're talking Right Dude, now. Dude
0: you cut me open I bleed Harvest House At this point <laughs> you know Um,
1: But I think on the pastoral communication Thing it, yes like Ronnie said yes there are pastors who are bad at it I'm bad at it sometimes and Some of it is just like The quantity of Communication Is so high and I This is my chance that to just true. sort of Pastorally complain. Um yeah. when your cell phone gets into the hands of any, you know, say 20 church members, and in my case, it's probably a lot more than 20 mm-hmm. at this point. You just get a certain number of texts and calls, and you're like, I will respond to that later. And then it disappears off your your the front of your screen, there's no notification, and you just forget the number yeah. of emails that come in that you look at and you go, that's not urgent. So I can get back to it a day yeah. or two from now is Mm -hmm. is really high there's a lot of those you know um yeah and there's just it either i need to become one of those obnoxiously disciplined people who just doesn't you know limits when i respond and carves up the first three hours of my day to clear out my my inbox or whatever or there just is stuff that's going to linger and i just apologize to people a lot hey sorry i forgot to respond to this (laughs) And I don't. I'm yeah. not. I don't give them the excuse of like I'm so busy. I just. I just say, hey, I meant to respond and I forgot, and <laughs> then I respond. Yeah. <laughs> and, and most of the time, yeah. people are gracious.
2: Yeah. You know, T, uh, t- you said something interesting, man. Um, mm. that I want to follow up on. Like, yeah, really. Church secretaries have, in some ways, they're kind of like youth pastors in yeah. sort of the direction that they've gone because, I mean, we're in an age now where you know availability is a different thing than it was 25 years ago. And That's a great point. So, I mean, people do have access yeah. to their to their pastors in ways that I would say back in the day when the church functioned a little more corporately and you had the big guy in his office mm-hmm. and you had the, you always had a church secretary. I mean, there's like a reticence for churches to sort of set themselves up like that now because yeah, yeah. they want to be a little more organic they want to they want to come off a little more friendly and of the people mm-hmm. and so to hire a church secretary um, is 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 a little bit of a strange thing, especially if she's just there to, to answer the phone and because yeah. i mean who who's calling and who's not yeah. just making a direct connection with the people That's and right. the ministry like, who's calling yeah. a church and then I would say. Yeah who's walking into a church, right? Like who's stopping yeah. by a church on a Wednesday at yeah. like two 30 PM. It's like, right. I don't know though. I don't know that we really have that culture anymore. So a church secretary would be a woman that's like sitting there. And if, again, if she's, it, it, unless she's just doing admin mm-hmm. or she's an, she's an administrative assistant for like the pastor. I mean, like what would she, what would she or he even be doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I it's guess weird. I don't I mean, it's just care. A different thing.
0: Yeah. Um, I, but You know, in the way that all things do, especially in the church, that pendulum will swing back. For sure. Right? Like, by the time we start reincorporating, like, taupe and fake ficus trees, and by the time we go back to, like, 90s megachurch models and stuff, we'll get that secretary back. It'll be... uh, It'll be sweet, man. It'll be sweet. sweet. It'll be sweet. Yeah, it'll be like they never left. Uh, All right, boys, let's take a break. We'll come back and hit one more topic. All right, fellas, here's another one. This is a weird one. Uh, another listener submitted topic. And for the life of me, I kind of don't know much about this, but I have, I have ideas. Uh, he wanted to know our thoughts on people using gaming. So like, I'm assuming video gaming is like a full-time job slash a ministry opportunity. And, uh, the, the 94-year-old man in me wants to immediately pan this idea as ridiculous. But um, my, he, I want to give my take on it, and then I want to hear from you guys. My take, and this is born of 20 years of being a professional writer, is that if you take something that's really fun and you make it your career, it gets less fun. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you have to understand that that's the dynamic of the group, Going into it, or else you're going to be really disillusioned. Um, so I think maybe there are a bunch of people that want to make video games their career, but then like if you roll out of bed at you know eight a.m. and you got to stack nine hours playing video games for your job, maybe it becomes less fun. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pipe, what are you hearing about this out in the wild, and do you have a take on it? it's man i
1: i honestly i don't I don't quite know how to get my head around it because on the one hand i'm very i'm kind of conceptually aware that gaming yeah. is huge, you know multi billion yeah. dollar industry people pouring themselves into it there's you know entire sort of entertainment streams built around watching other people play um which I'm assuming mm-hmm. is how you would make gaming as a, as a player, a career, you'd be one of the, the those people, yeah. um, as opposed to being a game designer or something like that. Um, but I don't know anybody who outwardly just sort of wears that Jersey. You know, I know people who yeah. are social media influencers. I know writers, I know songwriters. I know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people who are in all sorts of sort of, Creative industries that are that are what you just said where people take something that's really fun and creative and enjoyable and turn it into a, a money making career type of thing and it yeah it has a weird feel about it I don't know anybody who does that mm-hmm. gaming wise at least not hourly now that might yeah. be because gamers tend to be a lot more introverted I don't know but yeah so there there's this yeah. huge disconnect between this thing is a massive industry that influences so many, especially, you know, sub-25, sub sub-30-year-olds. Sub and yeah. the fact that I don't know people who are involved in it deeply, so I don't, I don't have a great... I could give sort of principal takes on how to do any work, but that's boring <laughs> yeah. and nobody cares, and those people
2: aren't listening to this podcast anyway.
0: Yeah. Big R,
2: thoughts? Oh, dude. I literally got nothing. I don't think... I don't think I literally know anybody that would self-identify as a gamer in my life right now. I mean, I know that dudes do it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like Pipe. I don't know anybody that does it seriously. That just like know wakes what he up like... and is like eating cereal all day while they get, you know, all the cliches,
1: is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is gaming so, pardon, if your children are listening, give them earmuffs right now. Is gaming like porn? in that it's a multi-billion dollar mm. industry that tons of people uh, are, are involved in and nobody will outwardly <laughs> admit it except in like an accountability group.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like you're onto something there, Pipe, in that nobody's like, hey, uh, uh, like you, you meet you meet with dudes for a small group and the other guy's like, hey, what'd you do today? Nobody Nobody's comfortable being like, oh, I played video games for seven hours. You know, <laughs> like... There's a sort of social societal pressure to have something else going on in your life besides that. And and Big R, you mentioned something that I want to follow up on. You were like, I don't know any dudes that would identify as gamers. And by dudes, I assume you meant like adults. Whereas the the thing is socially acceptable if you're 16, but if you're 23, it becomes gradations less socially acceptable to do it all day. Right.
2: Except for the fact that like it's become an industry and like you can go take college courses on how to be like a professional gamer now and stuff. So like it's definitely I would say I would say it's a sub 30 thing now because of how it's grown over the years. So, yeah. Yeah. So anybody in my age group, anybody between 40 and 50. um, Yeah. It's going to be something that may, you know, if they're if they if they have some games that they enjoy, they do it with their buddies on occasion for fun. But I mean, to meet those dudes that literally just wake up in the morning, drink their coffee, eat their cereal, and they just start, they just start gaming. Like I don't <laughs> I don't, I don't know those guys, right? Well, and you it's know, a here's the thing. Maybe, thing to think maybe about. Maybe I though. do know those guys, but like you just said, like they're not like they're not laying it out to their pastor that that's what they were well, doing. I,
0: yeah, well, let me let it. me let me float a theory by you. Go ahead, pipe. I'm I was going to say, yeah. I just wonder if the more I
1: think about this, and this this has this has some kind of heaviness to it, is if there are tens yeah. of thousands maybe hundreds of thousands of people who are that invested do we not know them because their entire life is lived in like a tiny geographic space centered around consoles chairs like they're right. not part of any small groups at church so of course we're never going to hear about it like yeah. their their entire kind of community exists via the headset and the stream yeah they live yeah. in an
2: alternate world yeah i mean it's it, alternate it, world yeah. kind of which
1: stuff, you yeah. know we talked several weeks ago kind of in a in a semi-joking manner about sort of the the metaverse and church but if mm-hmm. this is how if this is where gaming is which i, I think is probably yeah. pretty realistic then all of a sudden that that alternate universe type of thing is like oh they're already living in it they're just living in in version yeah. one of what will what will morph over time we are not living remotely close to it, so it seems totally
0: foreign to us. Yeah. And maybe well, it behooves it, yeah. you to have someone <laughs> on your staff who like understands the appeal of it. Like, I think as these things are happening, you fall into one of two camps. You're either the kind of person who's really drawn to that for a variety of reasons, right? And they're not all nefarious. Um, so you're either really drawn to it or you're really drawn to like like for me video gaming is like blowing into the end of a nintendo cartridge and like jamming it in there and trying to make it work you know what (laughs) i mean like that that was kind of where my experience with gaming ended i guess in a significant way but um so so like there's a person who's trying to cling on to the past and a person who's really interested in the future i don't know maybe to your point pipe maybe we would do well to Understand that a little bit better. It's
2: a generational thing, I think, man. I, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I think too, like, especially church culture. So, you know, church culture is people in their 20s are, you know, I, I think of it as being like a singles person's, you know, yeah. kind of game too. So mm-hmm. you can have people in their 20s, you know, coming into your church and they're, they already have two and a half kids, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're working jobs. So I, so again, it's, it's going to exist as if it exists in their life. It's going to be like it was for me and you, T. It's just, it's like something mm-hmm. occasionally you, you do for fun or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, or, or maybe, or maybe, you know, somebody who has a man cave and maybe yeah. someday you end up in that man cave and maybe someday you watch <laughs> them play a video game for hours and hours and they never turn, turn it over to you to give it a try. Maybe um, it's that so, it's a little bit, you know,
0: it's so but. dangerous for you to go there rhetorically because who, who gets the text or the phone call first? Now, I, well, after this episode drops, I mean, is going to really be me. I have no.
2: Clue. It's probably not going to be me, Big T. Okay, it's probably going to be, be the then. friend that I am that I am live subtweeting right now in this conversation.
0: Yeah, no doubt. That's a that's like a live. That's like an old school like analog subtweet. That um, works, I, I guess the last thing I wanted to ask about the video game thing, though, and I know we're going long, and I should wrap it. Like, if you were Jackson Pollock's pastor decades ago. And you're sitting in your little clutch of pastors doing the I'm so hard thing. And your I'm so hard thing would be, I've got this guy in my church. All he does is paint. He's really kind of weird. You know, He, he he's not really going anywhere with it yet. Like, what do I do with this guy? You know, I mean, are our, our video games sort of the modern version of that <clears throat> paradigm? You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean maybe yeah. I, I i don't I know i say no, i don't know but. what the creative sort of like jackson
1: pollock created cultural goods and video you know if you're yeah. playing video games you're, you're 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 essentially a consumer it's it'd be more like the person yeah. who just is a total film nerd who just watches and watches and watches but the principle is yeah. still the same in that and i find man just in the last couple of years i feel this pull where the separation between me and the generation below me is such that it's so, easier to, it's so easy to just like take a crap on everything that they think is cool and everything <laughs> that they enjoy yeah. which is the quickest way to make them discount everything I am and say so if, yeah, I, if I would like church to matter to a 20 year old or a 17 year old mm-hmm. then I can't mm-hmm. sit here and say gaming is the dumbest Because all of a sudden, the thing that they are excited about, I just said, is the dumbest, which is exactly what old people did to me. And by old people, I mean people 20 years older than me when I was that age. And it made me disregard them. Whereas the ones who paid attention and were like, okay, I don't understand that at all, but I'm glad you enjoy it. Like even just that sort of neutrality left the door open. So I have to really catch myself and not be like, this is absurd. What a dumb way to spend time, blah, blah, blah which really just means I wouldn't yeah. spend my time that way, and it doesn't show them any sort of dignity or respect.
2: Well, I agree with you, Pipe. I, th- I think that's 100%. I mean, I don't think we have to – I think we have to learn to understand, like, what the pulse and the motivation is behind it. But to your, like, to your quest, T, I, like, mm-hmm. the difference between uh, Pollock was that, like, he was contributing something – He was. Co- you know he was cr- he was contributing a particular kind of creation that that is going to yeah, but not at the beginning.
0: Yeah. Like it, at the beginning of his career, it was like, oh, this guy's stupid. All he does is like splash paint on a canvas. But then there there, you know, by the end of it, there there had been some momentum and well, there's still a product
2: though. There's still like yeah. there's still like something there's still something to show for the time. Whereas like like yeah. for somebody yeah. that's just going to play video games, all they're doing is what breaking records or. Yeah, I mean, they're they're winning trophies if they're part of those tournaments or they're sure. I don't know. Well, now you can teach. So not necessarily because now you can you can be somebody who actually teaches college courses on gaming so you can become a professor of gaming. I'm not even being flippant right now.
0: So no, 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 as the
2: thing ramps up, like it's like showing that it has a particular kind of like, um, yeah, like like it contributes to society like Pollock, we would say is contributing to to society in a way that now we can look at some of his work and we can say that was meaningful. Whereas if, some, if somebody's just gaming, like, I don't know how they're, they're making a meaningful contribution to society.
0: But I don't yeah. Know, you know. I, have, I have two quick comments on that, and then we'll get out. One is flippant, and one is serious. Here's the flippant one. Just because there's a college course on something doesn't mean it has Correct. any value at all whatsoever. And yeah. I say this as a college professor. Um, as a former marketing professional one, who worked with people who studied marketing, <laughs> uh, I yeah. wholeheartedly concur. Right, They could sit in a room and play video games together for hours and it would maybe be more valuable. Um, The second comment, though, and this is to something that you mentioned. and, And you were making this really good point that, like, as old people, we can't just take a crap all over everything and say it's dumb. I actually don't think video games are the dumbest thing. And this is born of, like, spending the last couple years... In my office, sort of peering over the shoulders of my sons as they play their video games. They, they're actually quite interesting. I think there are quantifiably things in our culture that we do every day that are way dumber. Um, and I guess... I don't have any more to say about it, but it, but, but they're, they're not the dumbest thing. Well, you know? that's, um, why
1: don't we end with why don't we end with comparing the dumbness of a couple things just so that for for context? Yeah, because go. I'm certain that we have listeners who mm-hmm. are like, no, there's nothing dumber than spending seven hours a day playing video games. Um, mm-hmm. uh, okay, I'll put one out there: reading romance novels, equally as dumb exactly. or dumber than video games because you get sucked into them for hours and they present a fantasy world that's not real and help and, and completely sucks you away from anything that matters. So I would put that on there, up there right. as like the equivalent of dumbness.
0: Okay, I like that one. I've got two. Um, this one's right. going to be somewhat controversial and somewhat self-indicting as well. I think being the type of person who watches hours and hours and hours of prestige TV... Dumb. what is uh, prestige tv prestige tv is like the the kind of niche platformy uh it's the show everybody's talking about it's got oh, a whole okay. bunch of nudity in it but you kind of explain it away because it's quote unquote artistic um the kind of crap that people have been doing for a decade you know yeah, which, like mm-hmm. it's whichever show um, is
1: trending on social media so it was game of thrones now it's yeah. uh what is it's
0: it's uh, severance is the one yellowstone or yellowstone yeah. those kind of yeah. things yeah yeah so that's my one thing that's dumber than video games my other thing social media way yeah. dumber um yeah. just way way dumber than video games i'd rather my kid spend three hours a day blowing people away on call of duty than like tweeting um that's yeah it. i would i would get a little
1: i would get specific with social media and say uh social media arguments and then like social media mm-hmm. reels where you just get sucked into like the, the 30 second video after the 30 second video. Yeah, equal, mm-hmm. equally or more dumb, so, certainly the arguing more
0: harmful than gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Big R, you got any any more to add? Dumber things than... Yeah, Maybe. I was just
2: going to say, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I agree with you guys. I mean, especially mm-hmm. on the social, social media thing. I mean, just to, in other words, you're talking about like, like what is something that isn't, like it's not really promoting like your intellect or it's not promoting the state of your heart very well. It's right. Or it's keep or it's keeping you, it's kind of putting you into a perpetual alternate universe. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you know, like pipe just said, I mean, yeah. Argumentation on social media. I mean, like one of the, one of the best social media users I've ever known in my life is big M in the fact that Mm -hmm. she's, she's not on it all day. Mm -hmm. She, she usually, she has a couple of pockets where she, she scrolls for a, a very short amount of time. And she always finds like an article or something meaningful out of it, puts it down, and then, you know, is able to say, gosh, I read this great article today, or, you know, I really had this thought based on this. You know this. This person really you know posted scripture and had a perspective mm-hmm. on it. So I mean, she really uses it for like information gathering. And I think mm-hmm. okay, that's you know, I mean that that's like anyth- anything else that you would gather information and learn about things. But again, yeah. it's her own like it's her own level of like self discipline and not getting sucked into those kinds of threads and yeah. never being argumentative and never you know never mm-hmm. getting into that aspect of it. Um, but I think the other side of it, which is just yeah, what's the difference between gaming all day or literally spending your life incessantly tweeting, incessantly arguing. I, I mean you're not right. You're not right. you're not promoting anything good intellectually or even in your heart, you know. So Yeah,
0: yeah. No, good word. That being said, follow us at Happy Rant Pod <laughs> on all the platforms. Subscribe, rate, review. Check out my other show at Cluckcast on all the platforms. And uh, boys, this has been fun. Um, those are good listener submissions As long as we're ideas. promoting things,
1: uh listeners, we have yeah. Uh, we have a patreon account so if you go to patreon.com and search happy rant it is where you can support us financially for anything from like a dollar per month to whatever you want and we drop bonus episodes there kind of weekly but we're not as consistent so i'd say once every couple weeks we drop a bonus episode there and it's just a great way to help us cover production costs and everything and get some additional content out of it so go to patreon.com search happy rant throw a couple bucks our way get some free content
0: Boys, we've done what we always do in this program. We've wandered to and fro throughout three topics. And until next time.
1: We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This, this is my skyship
2: dreamer. My cargo is stories. And our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com Or search your favorite podcast app
0: for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at Abide.com.